do the things in our hearts that only you can do. Lord, wear me like a glove today, Lord God, that you would be the substance of what is said. And that, Father, you would get all the glory and all the praise when we're done here today. In Jesus' name, and everyone say, Amen, Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Well, would you open your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Matthew. We're going to begin the first book in the New Testament, book of Matthew, chapter 4. And as you're doing that, I want to just let you know about this new series that we're doing called Go for God. Now, uh, this series really is, uh, we're going to be doing it for the next four weeks. And um, we're going to be looking at the purpose, the protocol, the passion, and the priority of reaching others for Jesus. Amen? How many of you know that Jesus wants you to reach somebody for Him? Amen? Amen. Um, and today we're going to start off with the message, Go Fish. And Go Fish, we're going to be talking about the purpose of going. Because it's really interesting that most Christians have never reached someone else for Jesus. Isn't that true? I mean, think about it. Uh, you, you know what? Um, there's a statistic that says 20% of the church does 80% of the work. Hmm. Are you in the 20? Are you in the 80? Amen. Uh, somebody once said it like this. Um, uh, church is like going to a, a, a football match. Right? There are more people in the stands that are on the field. Get in the game. Tell somebody, get in the game. Get in the game. Um, and so... We're going to be looking at going fishing today. Erwin McManus, uh, a pastor out in California, he said this. We are no longer a church that's on a mission, but a church that supports missions. We want to reach our potential without reaching the lost. Wow. Wow. And one of the things I find is that most Christians ask God what they can do for them rather than what God can do through them. And so today, what I want to do is show you why Jesus called us in the first place. Amen? Can you just ask the person beside you, do you know why Jesus called you in the first place? And just turn back to them and say, uh, I think I do, but do you? Because when we speak about what Jesus called us in the first place uh, to be and to do, it's going to kind of surprise you if you've never read it. And even if you have, I want you to pretend you've never read this story before. Because this story I'm about to tell you is really familiar. And everybody knows it, probably if you've been a Christian for a while. But just pretend for a second that you've never heard it before. Okay? So Jesus is walking on the beach one day. And he sees two guys and they're fishing. And he says this. Hey, guys. Come follow me and I will make you something. Oh no, no, jeez. You know, you're just as bad as the first service. Let's start again. Pretend you've never heard this story before. Are you with me? Okay, so Jesus, the greatest teacher, the son of God, the God himself is walking on the beach one day and he sees two guys fishing and he says, Hey guys, follow me and I will make you something. Wow, exactly. And you would think, because this is the best teacher in the world, because this is God himself, and you would think, because this is like, oh, I mean, Jesus, that you would think he'd finish that sentence by saying, I will make you holy. I will make you more disciplined. I will make you more spiritual. 
Or I will make you a better husband. I'll make you a better wife. Or better parent. Or better business person. Or a better giver. Or even more prosperous. Or wiser. I mean, if you follow me, do you know what you would become? You would become like, whoo. But that's not what he says. And it's interesting because the reason we followed him and the reason he told us to follow him are two different things. Are you with me? And so we're looking at Matthew chapter 5, or 4, sorry. Verse 18. And here's what it says. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother. Casting a net into the sea. And if you're really slow and you haven't figured this out yet, the Bible goes on to say, for they were fishermen. Just, just in case you didn't get the, you know. All right. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you. And you really think they're about, I mean, they're like, tell me what you'll make me. And he says, fishers of men. And that's kind of a letdown if you're really thinking to yourself, Jesus, I want to follow you for something. And he says, great, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Doesn't it? I mean, seriously, how many of you started following Jesus because you want to be a fisher of men? Exactly. You see what I mean? I mean, that, that's just not where it's at. But Jesus is kind of, Jesus is telling them up front, up front. He's not going like switch bait type thing. That's what we call it, bait and switch. Yeah, that lines up with the fishing thing too. He's not going bait and switch on them. He's telling them up front, hey, you know why I want you to follow me? Because I want you to make you a fisher of men. You see, uh, we think and we hope and we want that he would make us something other than that. Because we want that he would make us better and wiser and stronger and healthier and all these things. Wealthier, wealthy, wise, strong. Amen. If you early to bed, early to rise makes you right, healthy, wealthy, and wise. We we think you know that's what we want. We want like an apple a day. You know, a scripture a day keeps the devil away. That's what we want. And those things are true, but that's not the purpose of His calling for us. Those things are true because those are the things that eventually become the tools that we use to actually fish for men. You see, every blessing that you have is really a blessing for somebody else to know him. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when you get blessed, when your marriage gets fixed, guess why? It's because somebody who has a messed up marriage needs to know Jesus. And he wants you to use your marriage to bless them. Are you getting me so far? And so Jesus, really, he comes to us and he says, listen, what I'm doing is this. I'm benefiting you, but you've got to understand that if you're going to follow me, you not only get blessed, but you've got to become something that I've called you to become. If you're going to be a follower of Christ, you've got to also become a fisher of men. Because followers fish. Are you getting this? And so, if you're truly a follower, then you're going to become a fisher. And here's the thing about these guys. These guys didn't start off that way, but they ended up that way. Do you remember? I mean, these guys became fishers of men. That's why you and I today are Christians. Because they decided to fish. 
If they didn't fish, we wouldn't be here. And somebody fished for you. Amen? Somebody fished for you. And here's the funny thing about church. We are glad we got fished. But we don't want to fish. <laughs> you understand? Know We're like, I mean, oh, thank God somebody talked to me. But I don't want to talk to nobody. Oh, watch this. Listen, let me tell you how, how he caught us. I, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 5 with me. Because this story seems a little bit, uh, I mean, how many people, really? Somebody calls you and says, hey, come follow me. And, you know, and I'll make you a fisher of men. You're going to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to follow you. I mean, that seems a little unrealistic. And I'm glad that the Bible has uh, the Gospels, the four Gospels, because each of them kind of give you a little bit more perspective, different perspective than the other. And I want to look at Luke chapter 5, because Luke gives us the reason why they actually followed. And the reason why they followed is the same reason you and I follow. Watch this. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. So it was, as the multitude passed about, Um, I passed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Now, just one second. Do you know that most of us are like that? When Jesus speaks to us first, we say, but I've tried everything I could. I've done, and I've been in this marriage longer than you have. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? Like we feel we're the experts at what we have a problem with. All right, so that, that could preach, but we're not going there. And that's not my point. That's not my point. So let's move on. And he caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And that's what we need to say to God. Some of you struggling with some stuff, you need to just say, you know what, God? I've tried everything I can. Nevertheless, at your word. Whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do. Amen? And stop trying to fix it yourself. Let's move on. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they both began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Now watch this. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. Come follow me and you'll become, I'll make you a fisher of men. Here's the point. The reason Peter followed him was not because he wanted to be a fisher of men. (laughs) The reason Peter followed him was because Jesus had done so much good stuff in his life. He wanted to follow him. In other words, he saw in Jesus, here is somebody who can do for me what nobody else can do. 
And the reason you and I follow him is not because we are holy and we just love the Lord and oh, I'm just going to follow. It's because there was something he did or something he promised to do for us that nobody else can do. Are you right? Am I with you? Are you with me? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? What I'm saying is this. We all followed for some very selfish reasons. Yes, yes. Uh, am I right? Okay, like how many of you, you followed because, you know, like there was something in your life you wanted improvement on. Let me see your hands. Oh yeah. Okay, you want to know why I followed? I followed because of a girl. Uh, uh, Oh yeah, I see see a hand over there. (laughs) I see that hand, I see that hand. Yeah, you know what? I followed a girl straight into church. I wanted the girl... But Jesus wanted me. Hallelujah. (laughs) So I wasn't going to him because of anything I could do for him. I was hoping he could get her for, come on now, work with me, work with me. I figured he already had her. So so if he had me, then woo! (laughs) Hey baby, I'm a Christian now. Child of God, hello. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. You sit out. Oh, hands lifted high. Come on. We're all following for some selfish reason. There's something we want from him. And Peter wanted fish. And Peter said, if you can give me that much fish, when I, the expert fisherman, couldn't get my own fish, then anything you want me to do, I'm with you. Because I'm sure there's more fish where that came from. Uh, Come on, you you know it's true, am I right? Right. And so guess what? We began this journey because of what he can do for us. But he called us because of what we could do for him. And while we're praying, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. He's like Janet Jackson. He said, what have you done for me lately? Ooh, yeah. You see, Peter's fish was his livelihood. That was the stuff that made, meant the most to him. And it was what was most important. And so he recognized if Jesus could provide fish, then he could do whatever, he would do whatever Jesus wanted. And for us, sometimes our fish is like our marriage, our family, it's our job, our finances. Our fish could be, you know what, uh, what's happening with our school. It could be what's happening with our relationships. It could be just, the, our fish is the stuff that means the most to us. Our fish is a thing that we go, God, I don't know what to do with this. And Jesus says, I can fix that. But his fish is people. That's his fish. His fish is people. And he loves you so much that he would provide your fish so that you can help him get his fish. Are you getting that? In fact, what he will do is this. He will give you fish so that your fish can can become the bait for other fish for him. So when he fixes your problem, he wants you to go tell somebody who has the same problem. So they can say, I need the solution that you have. But a lot of us, what we're like is like Peter. We just want our boats to sink with fish. Just give me more fish. I just want more fish. Just give me more fish. And he says, no, you got to use the fish to get some more of my fish. Because I need you. Watch this. I am calling you. I'm giving you fish just so that I can make you something. I want to make you a fisher of men. 
Because if you follow me, you're going to fish for men. Because followers fish. Followers fish. <laughs> um, there's a cool scripture in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 18. Um, and it says this. It, it, it Turn over there. 2 Corinthians 5 18. 5.18, and it says this. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, God, uh, we used to be enemies of God, and now he has caused us to be reconciled to him. And he says, you have now that ministry in you to do it for other people. And listen to this version. I like this version, especially based on the song we sang earlier today. It says this, Christ changed us from enemies into his friends and gave us the task of making others his friends too. Isn't that cool? You remember when you were a kid and you had a friend and you met somebody else? And you say, hey, you know what? You have to meet my friend. Or you remember when you were a kid and you weren't talking to somebody? And then you told all your friends, you can't talk to them because they are not my friend. Yeah, you remember that story. Well, it's the same thing. Listen, Jesus is very simple. And that's why sometimes, you know, faith is just like a child, okay? Watch this. It's very simple. If you have a friend who's changed your life, wouldn't you want your friends to know them? And that's what Jesus says. Listen, you and I are friends. Can you introduce me to the rest of your friends? And most of us are like, I don't want to do that because they might not be my friend anymore. (laughs) We get fearful because we think, oh no, they're going to think this of me and that of me. Listen, the same God that changed you can change them. The same God that provided fish for you can provide fish for them. They have a need that only he can meet, just like you had a need. Believe me. Amen? I was um, was in Jamaica in March. I'll tell you a story. I was in Jamaica in March, and um, my parents and I went out to have dinner. And we went to this place called Port Royal. Port Royal is a little fishing village. But back in the day, like back in the 1600s day, it used to be the wickedest city on earth. That's what it was called. Because all these pirates and all these buccaneers and stuff, they used to stay there. If you ever watch Pirates of the Caribbean, anybody watch that? Right. That, that whole thing is supposed to be staged in Port Royal. Okay? And so Port Royal now is a little fishing village. Just nothing happens there except one thing. Glorious. And you have no idea what I'm talking about. You're just like, uh-huh. Glorious is like this, this restaurant that cooks the best fish in Jamaica. I mean, like she, Gloria, the woman just knows how to cook fish. I mean, she's so, and any style, any kind of fish. But Gloria's place is so small that she has all the tables and stuff on the outside in the street. Yes, in the street, like on the road. Like, you know, if a car wanted to pass, you'd have to pull the the tables out of the way. But Port Royal is so dead, other than that, that no cars even pass on Gloria's Street anyway. So she just blocks off the road and she has her restaurant out there. Well, we're out there and this lady, this oh, she must have been like in her 80s, right? This lady sees my parents and she recognizes them and she says, hey, can you pray for me? So 
They call me over and say, hey, come, let's pray for this lady. And so we go over there. So um, she says, man, I have these headaches. I have this da, 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 da. So I'm getting ready to pray. And I say, oh, before I pray, let me ask you this. Are you a Christian? Because, I mean, I could pray for you. You could get healed. But then, psh, I mean, you're 80-something. I mean, you got to think beyond a headache. Amen? <laughs> I mean, 80-something. You, you know what I'm saying? So I'm saying like, well, are, are you a Christian? She says, no. So I said, well, um, would you like to become one? She says, no. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, why not? She says, I'm not, I'm not good enough. Yeah. She says, I can't become one. I said, why can't you become one? She says, because I cuss all the time. <laughs> I said, what do you mean you cuss all the time? She says, I cuss all She says, my grandchildren get on my nerves. And... <laughs> And it just comes out. I just, I just cuss all the time. So I'm like, no, I'm thinking, no, you're 80 something. You're already in the departure lounge here. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm thinking, all right, you know. <coughs> so I said, all right, all right, here, 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 here's the deal. I said, uh, let, let me ask you this. You, you've seen a lot of people around here fish? And she says, yes. I said, all right, have you ever seen a fisherman? Catch a fish that was already scaled and gutted. She said, no. In fact, she kind of thought it was a little ridiculous for asking that. I said, what would happen if a fisherman caught a fish that was already gutted and already scaled? She said, they would throw it back in. I said, yeah. You know what? Jesus wants the privilege of cleaning you up himself. And for the first time... She understood what it meant to become a Christian. That doesn't mean that we have to do all we can and try our best. And, you know, if we just get clean enough and right enough, God will accept us. That wasn't it anymore. In fact, you'll never hear a Christian say this. Listen, you'll never hear a Christian say this. Man, I remember I got saved and then I just tried my best. And I just became better because I just worked hard. And I just tried. And I tried. I became more disciplined. You'll never hear that. You know what you'll hear? You'll hear, man, I became a Christian. You know that thing I just couldn't deal with? I don't know. God just started to change me. He started to change me. I became different. I changed. Somehow the Lord, by just, just the things that I used to do, I just don't do them anymore. And all of a sudden, she understood. Wow, you know what? I can become a follower simply because he called me. And he said, come follow me. And all we have to do is say, hear what? If I'm going to follow, I'm also going to fish. I'm also going to fish. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Hallelujah. Woo! Matthew 28. And God called us. And he caught us. But he also commissioned us. He commissioned us. And, and here's what it says. Matthew 28 verse 19. It says, Go therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is called the Great Commission. This is not called the Great Suggestion. Amen? This is not a request. This is a requirement. 
Amen? I know. I know how to take things and just use them, man. Just keep, keep throwing them out. <laughs> this is our mission. And our mission is mandatory. That's why our church has this vision. It's very simple. Our, the vision of our church is simply this. To know Christ and to make Him known. Let's say that with me. To know Christ and to make Him... One more time. To know Christ and to make Him known. You see, our mission here, our vision here, lines up perfectly with the commission that God gave us. Because this is the primary purpose for us coming to Jesus. This is it. Man, Bruce said something to me. Or, or no, maybe it was one of the other brothers. He said, listen... Sometimes we're so focused on how shiny our pole is and how shiny and how nice our rod is and how, that's what you call a rod, and, and our, you know, things that we forget we need to drop it in the water. We admire reel, we admire tackle, we admire all these wonderful things we have to fish with. And we're not fishing. God has blessed us so much with stuff that we can use to bring others. And we're sitting down going, man, look how much God has blessed me. And we're not using it. You are blessed to be a what? A blessing. It isn't for you. It's for you to use. Oh man, oh man. So Jesus says, follow me. Not just for what I can do for you, but follow me so that I can make you what I am. I'm a fisher of men. And if you follow me, you'll become like me. I fish. And if you follow, you'll fish. Amen? And that's why we're going fishing. No, here's what. I want to tell you some good news about fishing real quick. Number one, anyone can fish. Amen? Anyone can fish. Listen, you don't have to be an expert to fish. Uh, the first time I fished, I was on the side of a pier, pier, and I mean, I didn't even have a pole. I had like, you know, the thing and the hook, and I was doing this. <laughs> and I caught me a fish. <laughs> you know what? Anyone can fish. In fact, what I found is this, that sometimes new Christians are even more effective at, at fishing than older Christians. Because cause some of us all folk, guess what? We forgot how lost we were without Jesus. Man, we're so useless, we forget sometimes how hopeless it was to be without Christ. Amen? But listen, no matter who you are, all you have to be is intentional about it. In other words, all you have to be is, God, help me to fish for somebody this week. Help me to share with somebody this week about what you've done in my life. Give me an opportunity this week. Because if you look for it, you'll find it. But most of us don't see the opportunities because we aren't looking. Am I right? Amen. Number two. Not only that anyone can fish, but number two is that God is the one who makes us into fishers. Listen, if you're open to fishing, God will shape you. And everything about you is a, uh, is a rod, is a line, is a hook. 
everything. If you're married, you can use it. If you're divorced, you can use it. If you've had a bad past, you can use it. If you came off alcohol, you can use it. Listen, if you're single, you can use it. No matter what you've been through, you can use it to fish for people. Why? Because God never wastes an experience. All things work together for good. That means every single thing in your life is a means to reach others for Jesus Christ. There is nothing that you've gone through that God will not use to reach somebody else. Nothing. Everything you've been ashamed of. Everything you regret. Everything you wish no one knew about you. Those are the very things that God will use as a platform for your ministry. Use it. Hallelujah. Use it. There's no shame. Listen, Jesus took all shame on the cross. And when you've accepted him, listen, you left your shame right there. You can use that thing. God is the one who makes us into fishers. Here's the other one I want to let you know. God is the one who makes the fish bite. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is throw the line out there. If anything bites, God did that. Amen? God is the one. In fact, the Bible says in John 6, 44, He says this, The Father, no one comes to me unless the Father draws him. That's what Jesus said. And so guess what? When you throw your hook, your line, when you're out there sharing your story, when you give someone an invitation card and say, hey, come to church, the reason they came is because God made them bite. Amen? You can't do what God can do. But God can do what you can do. God isn't going to show... Let me tell you. Jesus is not going to show up to that person and say, Follow me. You need to go to church. Go to Word of Truth. Here's a card. 9 o'clock, 11. He's not going to do that. That's the stuff only you can do. But then there's some stuff only He can do. Convict them in their hearts. And when you know that, then it takes the pressure off of you. Feeling like, oh man, I didn't do a good job. Oh, I didn't do this. God is the one that's working on their heart, not you. Not you. Amen? Here's the other thing. Um, Pastor said it this morning, so I'm going to say it. God will make you wise if you decide to, to fish for men. The Bible says this, that he who wins souls is wise. Listen, if you decide to win souls, God will make you wise. If you want to get bright and smart, say, God... Teach me to win souls. Oh gosh. He just increased. Boom. <laughs> Two more. God blesses you when you fish. The Bible says that if we put first or if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all things will be added unto us. All these things. Listen to me. Seeking the kingdom of God first means putting what's primary on God's heart as primary on your heart. If what's on God's heart is on your heart, then you're seeking His kingdom first. And all that means is, what's on God's heart? People. People. He sent His Son for people. To die for all of us. For God desires that all men should be saved. And therefore, it's up to you and I to do what's on God's heart. Reach people. Amen? Here's the last one. You don't fish Alone. Um, This is not a solo sport. This is not something that you're out on your own with. 
But many times Christians feel that way. And I'll tell you why. Because a lot of times the churches that they've gone to are churches that actually work against fishing. Are you with me? So here, here, here's how it goes. You may have grown up in a church or maybe you've been to a church. But maybe you've grown up in a church that if your friend came to church, you'd feel embarrassed. And so when your church said, you need to go out and reach people, you felt, I have to get them saved first before they come to church. Because if they ever come to church, they'll never get saved. (laughs) You don't know what I'm talking about? Oh, I can tell you. Listen, I went to a church, I used to go to a church one time, and I had a friend that I wanted to invite to church. But I was hoping I could invite him to another church other than mine. Because if he came to mine... It wasn't going to work. Because you know what? Sometimes we have churches like this. We have a church where um, you, you, you walk into the church, okay? And when you walk in, the person who is, uh, who's, who's uh, first of all, the ushers, the ushers are like this. Man, I, I mean, I saw, I saw this at a church the other day. I couldn't believe it. I said, I didn't know people did that still. They're, I mean, they were trying to move some people out the front row and they were like, I was like, oh my word, what is that? You know what I mean? And then the person who grabs the mic, you know, she can't sing, really. And she tells you that up front too. She says, don't listen to my voice. (sighs) Listen to the words and know my heart. Okay, like, and so, you know, but the reason that she is singing is because she's been to the church for the last 20 years and nobody wants to take the mic from her. And she starts singing, and then the keyboard player, he can't figure out where she is. And so he's like, And then the preacher gets the mic, and then he starts to shout. And so he's shouting, and he's screaming, and you're thinking, oh, what is my friend thinking by now? Because you know that Sister Mabel, two rows in front, is about to get up and go, Hallelujah! And you're thinking to yourself, oh my Lord. And so you're hoping. So when people say, hey, bring your friends to church, you're thinking, and gonna do that. But look at the church that you go to now. Man, people come in here, they feel welcome, they feel invited. They have like, you know, coffee and stuff right there for them to get. Their kids are taken care of. Their kids have fun. The kids want to come back. The bathrooms are clean. Hallelujah. Praise God. (laughs) Amen. Right, they're coming to a service. We have people who can sing. We have musicians who can play. We have teachers who can teach. We have an awesome service. I mean, when people come in and have this experience, they're like, wow, this is what... And most people, watch this, most people that come to our church haven't been to church for years because they got turned off of something like that. And when they come here, they go, whoa. We laugh in church. That's crazy. What I'm saying to you is this. We are your partners. You don't fish alone. 
And if you can bring them here, then we'll partner with you and we'll draw them in. But we need you to do your part. Because we've done everything we can to do our part. And at the end of the service, outside and, and in, the, in, the, in the hallways, we have ushers and everybody else, all the, our volunteers, they have cards, invitation cards for you to take today. So that this week, you can do two things. One, pray. God, show me. Give me the opportunity to fish this week. And number two, we want to take at least three cards and hand out to people this week before next week Sunday. Is that something you can do? Amen. Amen. And that's all. That's the challenge. That's the commitment I'm asking for today. Because we believe that we have an awesome opportunity here to fish for some men. Because followers fish. Amen. Bow your heads with me.